So it's no longer a case of picking a keyword and stamping it into your post 17 times. Really, it's about thinking of a topic, a focus, what problem are you trying to solve, you know, who are you trying to help, right? Thinking of some keywords that maybe someone would type to find that topic, you know, what's going to, what someone would put into the search engine, and then writing the best article you can. That is the voice of Kate Toon, who is our feature guest this week on the WP Elevation podcast. Kate started out uh, as an agency producer, then moved into copywriting, and then went at the at the most optimum time in her life, uh, i.e. when she was five and a half months pregnant, she decided to quit her job and start her own business <laughs> uh, as a copywriter, and then uh, became a specialist in copywriting for SEO, and now uh, she teaches SEO copywriting for business owners, digital marketers, and uh, marketeers who work for corporations and agencies. And she also runs a membership program for uh, copywriters who are freelance SEO copywriters who are doing agency work. So she's pivoted from client services into digital product and training. And we talk a lot about that. Uh, There's a lot to learn in this podcast. If you want to learn the basics of SEO, there's a great uh, little seven point checklist that she gives away. uh, And there's also tons of insights into how to write better uh, copy for humans and for SEO. And we talk a lot about digital product and gratitude as well. So it's a fabulous episode. Stay with us. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here and welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation podcast. Of course, we are live streaming this to our Facebook page. So if you're watching along, welcome. I have with me our feature guest this week, all the way from Sid Vegas, Kate Toon. Hey Kate, how are you going? Hello, I'm very well. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. I'm glad we finally got to do this. We've uh, had a couple of false starts, a couple of Braxton Hicks, as they say, where I've had to reschedule, and I think you had to reschedule, but it's good to be here. You are still based in Sid Vegas these days, aren't you? I'm up the coast. I'm up on the central coast about an hour out down by near where they film Home and Away. Oh, lovely. That's um, Palm Beach, isn't it? Yeah, not yeah. far from there. Beautiful. Uh, very good. So for those that have been living under a rock for the last 15 years, who is Kate Toon and why are you here and what do you do? Oh, gosh, I ask myself that question every morning. Um, so I guess I'm an entrepreneur. And for those listening to the podcast, I'm doing the fingers. Um so uh, the speech mark fingers. Yeah, so I started off as a, as a, as a copywriter, SEO copywriter working agency land. And then since then, I've kind of evolved my business into, I guess, three different blobs of, of, of you know, passive income, courses, memberships, shops, conferences, all kinds of different things. So, yeah, I've got my fingers in a lot of pies. Awesome. Uh, what, what were you doing before you were copywriting? So I started life as an agency producer, so working at Ogilvy as a producer, mm. working on big clients like American Express and Telstra and Qantas. And then I moved within the agency world into copywriting 
And then I came back again because copywriting doesn't pay half so well as, as managing. And then I ended up, before I finally became a proper freelancer, I was managing a big agency with a giant team of, of creatives and producers and developers. And it was very stressful. So, wow. yeah, it was good to, good to leave. And um, this is a really common story, people kind of escaping corporate and even, you know, a creative agency is still kind of corporate compared to being a freelancer. What was, how scary was that, making that step to go out on your own? Well, I think I was very scared because I was the breadwinner and my partner had just started a business that wasn't doing very well. And also I've always worked, like I'm not a free spirit. I'm somebody who left university, got a job and I've always, serial monogamous when it comes to jobs. Mm. But I didn't leave of my own accord. I'd love to say I was brave, but I actually got up the duff. I got pregnant and I was contracting. Uh, so I was, you know, great day rate to run this agency, but there would be no maternity leave. There would be nothing. So it, it was either you know, keep going until I literally popped or get out. I think I left when I was five and a half months pregnant and set up my own business so that I had something for when I had my baby and I could earn some money. Because that's the perfect time to quit your job and start your own business, isn't it? When you're five and a half months pregnant, you lunatic. I know, it was awesome. And I must admit, you know, that first year was pretty grim trying to do be a mum and do all the things on no sleep. And, yeah, it wasn't fun, but, you know, we all learn from our experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I want to talk a little bit about the technical side of what you do before we get into how you deliver your expertise these days, which has changed over the years. But let's talk a little bit about, because uh, you're kind of known as the SEO copywriter and someone who teaches other copywriters how to write for SEO and, and also did this a lot with client uh, work. What is the kind of the, because we've all seen those articles that are written for search engines, haven't we? Yeah, that make absolutely no sense and are a horrible human experience. What is that science and that art for writing? How, how do you write an engaging article for a human being, but also make it so that it's highly visible and optimised for search engines? That's a great question. And I think the first thing you need to do is take a step back, because these days I am no longer just an SEO copywriter, because you can't do SEO copywriting in isolation. So all the courses and everything I teach, teach all of SEO. So the tech, the keyword research, the backlink building. So for example, we have a lot of WordPress developers on my courses who want to learn actually how the code side of SEO works. Because mm. that's one of the biggest problems that people think that they can just write great SEO copy and it's going to work. But if your site's flawed, it's mm. slow, has issues, then it won't. So I think the first thing is that you have to understand the tech before you can do the copy. And then when it comes to copy, I think people do think that the two things are mutually exclusive, like you're either writing for Google yeah. or you're writing for humans. But honestly, I think Google is so much more sophisticated, even than it was a couple of years ago when, when we first met. It's so much better understanding the relationships between words, the, the searcher intent. So, you know, someone searches for piglet jumper, it's very difficult to work out what they want from that. But as yeah. soon as they add words like buy, or sew, or knit, or make, or cute, we get a bit better idea of their intent. Oh, they say cute, they want to probably see pictures. They say say, say knit, they probably want, uh, you know, some kind of instruction manual, or how-to, or a video. Um, they say buy, they want an e-commerce store. Google's getting a lot better at that. So it's no longer a case of picking a keyword and stamping it into your post 17 times. Really, it's about thinking of a topic, focus, what problem are you trying to solve, you know, who are you trying to help, right, thinking of some keywords that maybe someone would type to find that topic, you know, what's going to, what someone would put into the search engine, and then writing the best article you can, mm. engaging, fun, little short sentences, really readable and fun, then afterwards going through and going, 
did I use that phrase here, 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 and here? And there's about seven spots you want to pop it in. Title tag, meta description, URL, header on the page, once in the body copy, in the image file name, and in the image alt tag. And that, so seven spots, yeah? I think mm. seven, that's seven. Yeah. Um, and really after that, that's enough. You yeah. don't need to be doing that whole window cleaner Sydney, Sydney window cleaner. You don't need to do that. Um, Google will work it out. It's a lot more sophisticated than it used to be. Yeah. Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That was the SEO masterclass from Kate Toon. <laughs> <laughs> that's worth the price of admission alone, and that's not bad for a free podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I think I think uh, we have a tendency to overcomplicate things, and I think we have a tendency, and I've made this mistake in the past too, is writing for search engines and forgetting that Google is not going to be the one that signs up for my newsletter and actually buys my product. It's a human being. And uh, so optimising the human experience is something that really should be first and foremost, and optimising for search should be uh, the thing that needs to happen, but it isn't the focus of the article. The focus is actually providing the human being with an engaging solution to the problem that they're trying to solve. Exactly. I mean, you know, ranking really well is great, but someone has to click through. Yeah. And then someone has to do all the things on your site that they want to do, all that conversion optimization. You know, so I don't, on my courses, teach people how to rank. I teach people how to convert and make money. Mm. That's SEO is the means, means to the end. It is not the end, you yeah. know. So getting to the top spot, awesome. But then what's the experience after that? That's yeah. the really key thing. Now, SEO um, is no longer in my sweet spot. It used to be because I happened to have a good aptitude for it. I used to enjoy it a lot. But I found, for me, that it is such a deep rabbit hole uh, that you either have to go all – it's not something you can kind of dabble with, is it? You have to kind of go all in and understand it because there are so many variables. What advice would you give to someone who is, say, a WordPress consultant and is servicing clients and their clients are starting to ask questions about rankings and search? Do they just – make a decision to go all in and learn it or should they partner with someone else who's really good at SEO because that's their core focus? Well, look, I think although there are, I think this, although SEO is a big subject, I think say the first 50% of learning SEO is pretty standard, pretty basic, pretty much everyone can get it. And most people don't even do the basics. Mm. After you've got that level play, after you've done the basics, then yes, you can drill deep in particular types of SEO schema and AMP and local SEO and e-commerce. But you know, most people don't even get to that pointy end because they haven't even done the basics. Mm. So something like WordPress SEO Really, it's a checklist. There is a certain amount of things you can do, and the platform is getting better and better at being SEO-friendly without you doing anything. Mm. So I don't think you need – I think you can say, hey, look, I can set you up an SEO-friendly platform. Um, ongoing SEO, you know, building backlinks, you know, outreach, all that kind of, That's not what I do. I don't do that. I'm going to set you up for success, mm -hmm. and after that, if you want to work with an SEO agency on your ongoing SEO, here's who I recommend. Because I think people think – you know, SEO is not just for Christmas, it's for life. Yeah. So you can start up well, but having a good SEO-friendly site with great copy on it will only get you so far. It's that constant, everything you do and we do, brand building, awareness, blogging, podcasting, networking, all of those things help your SEO. And if you're not confident about doing that, then yeah, outsource and partner up with someone else. Yeah, I love that it's not for Christmas, it's for life. It's the modern day puppy dog, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, talk to me about backlinks. This is something that is, uh, you know, again, just, you could debate this until the cows come home. But in the old days when I was doing 
SEO back in, you know, <clears throat> whenever it was, a long time ago. Uh, you'd just basically optimise a page, you'd submit it to Dig and Delicious and that was it. Like you'd be on page one in like three minutes, you know. Um, but backlinking's changed over the years. What, what's the um, what's kind of the the thirty second pitch of if you've got a, a page and it's brand new and it's on a relatively young domain? How do you go about building those backlinks? What's the best practice? Well, they kind of the the Google word is that you shouldn't um, try and build backlinks. You should earn them just by being awesome, which is a lovely idea, Google, but it doesn't really work. Yeah. So you should never really pay for links. Uh, that's a definite no no, and, and you will get a penalty if you're caught doing that. I think for me. The best way to build backlinks in this modern world is through relationship building. Mm. Um, so you know, re, you know, you and I connect. You're on my my blog. I'm on yours. We link to each other. Finding partnerships, finding like-minded businesses, helping people. So one great way, good karma way to build backlinks is to give people testimonials. Mm. And if you get a testimonial, what you're going to do? You're going to put it on your site. And you're going to link back and say, Troy gave me this beautiful testimonial. Yeah. So I think it's less about trying to be trying to play the system, trying to game Google, and just trying to be human yep. and build relationships. And then people will link to you because they like your stuff. Mm. And that's that's the way to go. How important is it to have the key word in the text that links back to your site? It's actually not good. In internal linking, you want to wrap links around the, the words, contextual links it's called. Mm. But for backlinks, you don't want to over it's manipulate your backlink profile. So most of the time you want to wrap the link around your naked URL, your www, whatever, .com, or your brand name. Mm. So you want to wrap it around who you are rather than what you do. The reason is, is that if Google sees that you have 8,000 links wrapped around the word SEO copywriter, that looks a bit unnatural and a bit weird because that wouldn't happen if it was just automatically. So Google will then go, you're cheating. And that's when people get done for the whole penguin uh, algorithm update. And you're like, your backlink profile looks dodgy. We're going to take you out of the index. We're going to issue a penalty, and then we're going to—you're going to have to work to get our back in our favours. Mm. So, internal on your site, wrap it around the thing. External, wrap it around your brand name or your naked URL if you can. And a few, a few keywords is fine, but not too many. Don't yeah. oversaturate. Awesome. Final question on the tech stack before we get into how you deliver this stuff these days and how you've pivoted. Uh, what if there was one piece of software that a WordPress newbie starting out could use uh, to do SEO for client sites, analysis, keyword research, rankings, all that kind of stuff, what would you recommend that they use? Well, I'll give you one free one and one paid one. The free one is Google Search Console. Uh-huh. It's amazing. It is. It does take a bit of getting your head around, but there's mm-hmm. so many great YouTube videos. It will tell you backlinks, the keywords you rank for, broken links. It will help you with schema and AMP and everything. It's Google's free tool. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, if you want to get a paid one, then I think you have to go with one of the big boys. I think it's SEMrush or Ahrefs or Moz. Mm-hmm. And each of them are different. It's all about interfaces and what they do and they're not cheap so i often find that wordpress developers might share a license with another wordpress developer and because you can have up to five different accounts running Um, but if you're going to do seo in a a serious way which i think is a wordpress developer you have a responsibility i don't think you can say i'll build your site but it won't be seo'd i don't think you can say that i think you have a bit of a responsibility to keep up with seo don't need to be a guru or a genius but you need to have the basics and one of those big tools is worth the investment even if just for six months Mm. to get around it and really understand it and then maybe you could 
go down to something like Wu Rank. I can never say that. Wu Rank, uh, which is much cheaper and just does basic audits that cover off the basics, title tags, things like that. Um, but I think SEMrush is a good good investment, and you can get free trials and premium versions. And yeah. So if you had, if you had to use one out of those big three, you'd choose SEMrush. SEMrush or Ahrefs. Very hard to choose between the two. They're both very Okay, there we go. Uh, fantastic. All right, now let's talk about you were doing client services at one point. So you fall pregnant, you're five and a half months pregnant, you decide to quit your job, start your own business, and uh, you're then servicing clients, doing SEO copywriting services for clients. At some point you decide, hang on a second, there's um, another way to have an impact on this space and generate pr- profit and generate revenue. And so you moved into the training online course membership space, yeah? How long did yeah. that transition take for you to then eventually say, all right, look, I can't do client services anymore because I'm too busy teaching other people? Um, I think that the idea occurred to me about four years in, and it came from one template. I had a template called a copy deck, which is something we use in agencies to write lots of copy in one beautiful clean deck and I was talk- I was writing about it and saying how useful it was and people were like oh I'd love a copy of that so I started giving it away and then I was like I could charge for this so I had one template for sale on my site for like $10 and there was nothing like we talked about it earlier waking up to the PayPal ping and saying oh, I earned $30 last night which isn't a lot but it was free money yeah. as far as I so I made something once and I sold it again and again. And from that, I founded the Clever Copywriting School, which was lots of templates. It took a while to grow. And then about year five and six, I started teaching SEO, but I found that the workshop space, really hard to get people to turn up to a place mm. on a day and do a thing. And really hard to absorb such a complex topic in one day. So I was like, this isn't working. Could I deliver this online? So I sold about 20 places on my course. And then I built the course um, by the skin of my teeth, week by week, mm-hmm. uploading those videos 10 seconds before they were due to go out. Mm-hmm. And it just it just grew from there. And I'd say there was a transition period around year six and seven where I was still trying to do client work and build that. And then by about year seven or eight, which is only a couple of years ago, I fully gave up the copywriting. Um, and now I purely exist on my big course, my big recipe course, SEO course, and the Clever copywriting school, and that pays more. Yeah. A couple of things I want to unpack here because you 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 threw something away, which is not a throwaway, which is you sold the course before you built it. Mm. I've done that several times myself in the past, and it's uh, not something I would recommend doing on a regular basis because it's incredibly stressful. Uh, Yeah, that's right. Because you can't get glandular fever in the middle of that project. But it's something that you've taught. I've watched lots of your your webinars, and I remember very early on you were like, "If you can't get people to turn up to a webinar, mm. you won't get them to buy a course." You mm. know, and my attitude is like, I have what I call a tripwire product, which is about twenty seven dollars, mm. and I have another one that's about ninety seven dollars. And if people aren't going to pay ninety seven dollars, they're never going to pay the two grand. Mm. So. I think too many people, and courses take a long time. My course has got 100 videos in it, 40 mm. worksheets. If I had built all of that and then just thought people will come, mm. I'd have waited a long time. So I think you've got to have that proof of concept, you know, and it's getting 10 people to come to a webinar mm. and then see if they'll buy a $20 course and then up, 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 up. So, yeah, yeah it was awful. And that first course wasn't even that great. But then I'd rebuilt it and reinvented it and relaunched it. But, yeah, it was stressful. Yeah. And so this is the (laughs) SEO Recipe for Success course. And this is pitched at not necessarily copywriters writing SEO, but it's pitched at website owners who want to learn SEO, right? The whole picture. So it's it's how to be a DIY SEO, so how to be like an SEO expert that you would pay 
a grand and a half a month for. Um, now, you know, obviously it doesn't take you into full advanced stuff because that would be a 78-week course, but it's a nine-week course. It's very comprehensive. So it's, it's bloggers, e-commerce store owners, marketers, SEO, a lot of WordPress developers, as I said, and a lot of marketeers at big agencies have done it as well. So like people from banks and insurance companies. Um, yeah, so it's the whole picture and one week of it is SEO copy and the other eight weeks are other aspects. But Got yeah, it. it's a beast. What's the what's the student engagement like in week seven compared to week one, for example? Well, again, I remember seeing you speak at WordCamp and and. and very, being very enamored with your whole gamification of, of the thing to kind of keep people engaged. And it was a model that I looked at for mine, but I have many more females than males on my course. Mm. And I find that, and this is a sweeping generalization, but I find that men like leaderboards and competing and, and, and kind of have that kind of like, oh, I've scored this and I've scored that. Women, not so much, because the problem with the leaderboard in my thing is, yes, someone's at the top, and someone's at the bottom feeling really bad about themselves. So mine, I give them lifetime access. Mm -hmm. So while it is structured over the seven weeks, it's like I know life gets in the way. Um, so yes, the engagement at week seven isn't great. I'd say about 50% of people get through to week seven following it religiously. Mm -hmm. The rest, no, they don't. And I'm pretty happy with 50 because it is a yeah. bit of a beast. Yeah. I'm actually taking stuff out of the course, which sounds so counterintuitive. Mm. But want that sense of achievement and completion yeah. and if you feel too much they never get that yeah so, i so agree yeah it? i agree 100 percent. i mean online courses the average completion rate's about 10 percent uh and i we're actually stripping things out of the blueprint now and covering the basics and then once you graduate from that then we can go into more detail around well here's project management in detail because you know you're right if, if there's people just get stuck because there's so much to consume and so much to process um awesome uh now your copywriting the clever copywriting school that's still an active product how does that fit into the ecosystem so it's a completely separate business. So it's a membership area. So I've got about 200 or so memberships paying annual and monthly subscriptions to be in a group, to get coaching, teaching, they get discounts on templates. And then also we have an annual event now. So the, uh, the copywriting conference, which is in its third year, which is in Melbourne this year. Very exciting. Um, and it's, it's, it's a water cooler environment. So not unlike your, um, the, the group that you have post your course, mm -hmm. it's, 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 People who want to continue learning, mm. but it's also that kind of, hey, my client did this. I don't know how to respond to it. And what would you say? And um, we post a lot of jobs in there, which as a copywriter is really helpful because it's very hard when you're starting out to even just find leads. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a completely separate beast, but I do find I get a lot of crossover. So a lot of people will join that from one to the other. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's more of a membership model. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed when I moved into digital product is you end up um, having, and it kind of took me by surprise. I wasn't ready for this, but we, I started getting thank you emails and, um, and personal, like life stories. Dan, um, uh, Dean Jackson calls it the love letter. Uh, so Dean Jackson, great marketer. I love marketing podcast. Um, he calls it the love letter where someone, you know, you kind of have a conversation on email with someone and they're very kind of short emails and then all of a sudden they just open up and tell you their life story. That never happened when I was doing client services. Now, I don't know whether it's just the sheer volume of people that you impact through product because it's leverageable and scalable or whether it's that product give people a, a quicker outcome than service. I don't know what it is, but have you found the feed, the positive feedback you get from customers versus doing client services? 
I've got, I was just going to show you these. Uh, Pat Flynn uh, talks about this a lot as well. Like these are some of the thank you cards. I have them on my desk, so when I'm having a bad day, I can look at them. Yeah, I get them all the time, and I do think it's. I think it's volume. I agree with you. It, it's volume, but also I think, I, you know, and I, I love everything you do, but I, and I think you're very genuine about it. You can have just a tiny, a tiny moment with someone. You can help them with one thing and give them one moment of clarity, and it's like boom. Yeah. You know, it can make such a difference. Yeah. Um, to someone's life you know yeah. and it's not necessarily that you wrote some great copy it's that you changed their mindset or you made them see a diff things a different way and i don't know I, I i it's powerful and it's lovely and it's very humbling and i don't quite know what to do with it i get quite awkward about it yeah. but very lovely yeah. so best bit of my job now now yeah, 100%. earning money and the ego and the speaking at things it's like this is the thing that i do it for now that's right Cards. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like a drug for me. It's like a drug. Our, our Facebook group and our intercom support desk and my email is just you know full of love most days. Um, yeah, which is great. I mean, you know, occasionally you know, I mean, haters gonna hate, and occasionally that happens. But just all you need to do is, if you want people to hate on you, just run Facebook ads. People are gonna hate on you. I mean, that's what they're for. Uh, but ninety percent of the time, it's uh, it's full of love, and that's uh, something that I never experienced in client services. So maybe we're just better at producing products than I, I was at doing. Services, yeah. I'm better. At, I'm better at this than I was at being a copywriter. I'm actually. I also thought oh, I'll have fewer clients, but clearly I have thousands of clients now. It's That's just right. different. But I'm better at this yeah. than a one-to-one -one thing. It, it, I think we found our sweet spot, maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, we spoke pre-camera about the fact that you're deliberately not growing a team. That you're using automation and leverage to do more with you know less people. Um, if there was one thing that you could fix in the next seven days that would help, what would it be? Gosh, that's a great question. Well, I think I fixed it in that my son has gone back to school because, you know, I, although I am the primary breadwinner, to some degree I'm still the primary parent as well. And that right. level of guilt and parent guilt and wanting to be great mum, great wife, great business owner, be healthy, be mentally sound, yeah. it is a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. And, you know, I do have people working for me, don't get me wrong, but I, I never wanted to get back into that office environment with team meetings or whatever, because that's what I came from in agency life. Yeah. Um, and I know people often say to me, Look, you could scale, you could earn twice as much. And it's like the whole Spanish fisherman story. You know, my goal is to earn just enough to have a nice life, to spend time with my kids. I've got enough money. Thank you very much. So yeah. I could do more. Yeah. But what's At, the what point? At what cost? At what cost? cost? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we uh, we just put Oscar into daycare this year, uh, yeah. so it's only been like three weeks. He's uh, eighteen months old, and man, the guilt is just overwhelming. It's mm. we're every like two days a week, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and and uh, so my wife can go back to work as a psychologist on Tuesdays. I take Fridays off, so she goes to work Fridays, and then Wednesdays she has a day off, so she can do podcasting, make videos, and do her thing. And every time we do it, like we've, you know, we've done it like six times. We, we just call each other and we're like, oh, are we doing the right thing? You know, it's just incredible. Well, you know, I'm 10 years into it and I'd say you are happy, happy humans make better parents. You oh, know, 100%. Got and I, you know, I think my son would be, you know, I think he learns a lot from me. He's proud of me. He knows what I do. He works in my business. So yeah. I, I sell my book and he writes out all the books for me and posts them and labels them and earns pocket money. Um, he's proud of that, you know. Yeah. And the truth is we're home an awful lot. Lots of parents are up at six, yep. commuting to work, back yep. at seven. Yep. So I think they don't know they're born. I think they're very lucky. So don't yeah. feel guilty. 
<laughs> Thanks for the pep talk. Uh, hey, Kate Toon, this has been fabulous. I could just do this for, for hours. Uh, you've got such a great energy and such a great vibe and, you know, we've been connected in some way, shape or form for a number of years now and it's, it's great to finally have you on the podcast. If people want to learn more about you and reach out and connect and get involved in what you're doing, what's the best place for them to do that? Well, thankfully, I'm quite good at SEO, so you can just put Kate Toon into Google and you should find one of my 72 million websites. I, I had noticed that, actually. I've got eight, Troy. It's a problem. <laughs> uh, when's, the, when's the copywriting conference coming to Melbourne, by the way? It's on May the 4th. May the 4th be with oh, you. Oh, fabulous. With the Star Wars theme, I will be dressing up as Princess Leia. Um, Excellent. It's, I'm very excited. So yeah, come I'll, along. I'll come as Yoda um, or Obi Wan. Uh, I'll be I'll be just back. I'm going to the UK late April for Lee Jackson's Agency Transformation Conference. So I will just have come back from that. So I'll definitely look at coming along on May the fourth for uh, for fourth for fourth day. What do they call it? Just um, just. Come to the party, Troy. You don't have to come to the event. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Hey, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Uh, look forward to keeping in touch and seeing how things uh, how things evolve for you. Thanks, Troy. I'm a big fan, so it's been lovely talking to you. Awesome. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is Kate Toon on the WP Elevation podcast. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. It does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. You can connect with us on YouTube at wpelevation.com slash YouTube and check us out on Facebook and our live shows at wpelevation.com slash Facebook. Thanks for being a part of it. I look forward to speaking with you again on the podcast soon. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate.